0: Jason McClellan, thanks for hanging out with me. Unidentified flying objects appear in countless photographs and videos every year. Some of these UFOs are nebulous lights in the sky, while others are highly detailed aerial craft. Although the objects in some of these videos and photos appear quite compelling, modern technology has diminished the evidentiary strength of modern UFO photos and videos. Freely available photo and video editing software make image manipulation easy enough for even a child. Anyone with the right software, some free time, and a little skill can add a believable, realistic UFO to a photo or video. But what about the countless UFO photographs and films shot before the prevalence of computers and editing software? Many of the objects in these vintage photos and films Were hoaxed using models, pie tins, hubcaps, etc. But there are also instances where something anomalous was genuinely captured on film and subjected to repeated scientific analysis. One of these better known examples is referred to as the Montana movie. In 1950, 38-year-old Nicholas Nick Mariana was the general manager of the Selectrics, a local minor league baseball team and farm club to the Brooklyn Dodgers in Great Falls, Montana. On August 5, 1950, after calling the ballpark groundskeeper from the grandstand, Mariana looked north and noticed two bright silvery disc-shaped aerial objects. His secretary, Virginia Running, reportedly witnessed these UFOs as well. Intrigued, he raced to grab his film camera from his car. Now, not many people had film cameras in 1950, but as Joan Bird explains in her book, Montana UFOs and Extraterrestrials, Mariana was a graduate of the University of Montana School of Journalism. After capturing a train wreck on film, he kept his Revere 16mm magazine turret movie camera in his car so he would always be prepared to capture anything newsworthy. preparedness paid off that day as he was able to capture the ufos on film for 15 seconds according to his testimony in the 1956 documentary film ufo unidentified flying objects mariana described the discs appeared to be spinning like a top and were about 50 feet across and about 50 yards apart i could not see any exhaust wings or any kind of fuselage there was no cabin No odor, no sound, except I thought I heard a whooshing sound when I first saw them. As the film clicked through the camera, I could see the objects moving southeast behind the General Mills Grain Building and the black water tank directly south of the ballpark. I filmed the objects until they disappeared into the blue sky behind the water tank. Mariana notified local afternoon daily newspaper The Great Falls Ledger about his sighting and about his film which prompted the paper to run a front-page story that same day. After developing the film, Mariana showed the footage around to local community groups during the months of September and October. Clifton Sullivan, a Great Falls Ledger reporter, suggested to Mariana that he should have the Air Force analyze the footage. Mariana agreed, and on September 13th, Sullivan dispatched a letter to the commanding general of the Air Material Command at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, that detailed Mariana's sighting and apprised the general of the film's existence. Lieutenant Colonel James O'Connell at Wright-Patterson instructed Captain John P. Brinelson, who was in charge of the Great Falls District of the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, to visit Mariana and obtain his film. A letter detailed O'Connell's instructions to Brynaldson. According to Montana UFOs and Extraterrestrials, this specific letter read, quote, In approaching Mr. Mariana for the films, you are requested to exercise every caution so as not to unduly excite his curiosity or interest, or in any wise have him conclude that the Air Force may have reversed its policy from that previously announced with regards to the existence or non-existence of such non-conventional objects. In this connection, you should avoid any detailed discussion, advising simply that the Air Force is always interested in any item that will contribute to the Fund of Technical Intelligence. It is requested that the films be obtained and transmitted to the Intelligence Department at Air Material Command. End quote. Brynaldson visited Mariana and his secretary on October 4th. Although he was reportedly frustrated at Bryneldson's refusal to engage in conversation, Mariana submitted his film for analysis. UFO historian Richard Dolan explains in his book UFOs in the National Security State, chronology of a cover-up 1941 to 1973, that when Mariana's film was returned to him, Project Grudge, which was the Air Force's official UFO investigation project during the time of Mariana's sighting, suggested the objects in Mariana's film could have been two F-94 fighter jets flying in the area at the time of the sighting. But Mariana and his secretary disagreed. They had seen the jets in a different part of the sky. Curiously, despite reaching the jet conclusion, the official press statement from Grudge claimed the film was, quote, "...too dark to distinguish any objects," end quote. Project Grudge became Project Blue Book in 1952. Blue Book's director, Captain Edward J. Ruppelt, reopened the investigation into Mariana's film. Mariana reluctantly released his film to the Air Force for a second analysis. In January 1953, Ruppelt presented Blue Book's best UFO evidence to a scientific panel organized by the Central Intelligence Agency, or CIA. This panel was officially called the Scientific Advisory Panel on Unidentified Flying Objects. What is more commonly referred to as the Robertson Panel, named after panel chair H.P. Robertson, a physicist from California Institute of Technology. Ruppelt presented Mariana's film, which he called the Montana movie, as one of the panel's feature attractions. Ruppelt explained to the panel that balloons, birds, and meteors had been ruled out as possible explanations for the objects in Mariana's film. He then addressed the previously suggested possibility that the UFOs were F-94 fighter jets, and he concluded the flight paths and landing patterns of the two jets that were in the air that day were not, quote, anywhere close to where the two UFOs had been, end quote. Ruppelt also explained that the UFOs were too steady to have been reflections. Despite Repelt's presentation, the panel was content to, with the jet explanation. Mariana claimed that when the Air Force returned his film the second time, 35 of the best frames were missing. The Air Force acknowledged that they altered the film, but claimed only one damaged frame was removed. But others who saw the original film, including Mariana's secretary, his attorney, and the reporter from the Great Falls ledger, agreed that part of the film was missing when the Air Force returned it to Mariana, more than a single frame claimed by the Air Force. In Montana UFOs and Extraterrestrials, Joan Bird points to further evidence supporting the significant film-like discrepancy. She explains that in Brynaldson's official letter of transmittal to Wright-Patterson, he noted he was sending 15 feet of film. But... Reinhardtson told a reporter he only picked up eight feet of film from Mariana. The Condon Committee, an Air Force-funded UFO study at the University of Colorado, also examined Mariana's film in 1967. Richard Dolan explains that this committee concluded that the evidence, quote, eliminated the possibility of the objects being birds, balloons, mirages, or meteors, end quote, and further, quote, considered it unlikely, although not impossible, that the objects were jets, end quote. The history of UFO investigations by the Air Force is shadowed by bias and secret agendas. In his book, The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects, Ruppelt explains, quote, to one who is intimately familiar with UFO history, it is clear that Project Grudge had a two-phase program of UFO annihilation, The first phase consisted of explaining every UFO report. The second phase was to tell the public how the Air Force had solved all the sightings. This, Project Grudge reasoned, would put an end to the UFO reports. Astronomer Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who served as a consultant for Project Grudge and Project Blue Book, and as an associate member of the Robertson panel, was also disenchanted with the government's UFO investigation efforts. He stated in an interview that he came away from the Robertson panel feeling that it had, quote, "...deliberately moved to debunk the whole subject and not to give it the serious scientific attention which it deserved." End quote. The local community in Great Falls, Montana, still remembers Mariana's UFO sighting. And as a tribute to the event, in 2008, the community renamed the Selectrix baseball team which became the Electrics in 1952, the Great Falls Voyagers, complete with extraterrestrial-themed branding. Whether the various investigations into Nick Mariana's film were corrupted is unknown. Although some evidence suggests the Air Force removed footage from the original film, this claim can't be substantiated. But despite the repeated suggestion that the objects in Mariana's film were jets... Repelt and others who investigated the case were convinced the objects were not jets. Condon Committee investigator David R. Saunders wrote in his book, UFOs? Yes. Where the Condon Committee went wrong, that the Mariana case, quote, did more than any other single case, end quote, to convince him that, quote, there is something to the UFO problem, end quote. Through the discrepancies and controversy... Mariana's Montana movie remains one of the most intriguing and best UFO films ever captured. If you're interested in a more detailed account of this interesting case, including an overview of the Air Force's history of UFO investigations, I highly recommend reading Joan Bird's book, Montana UFOs and Extraterrestrials. citizens, that's going to do it for this episode. You can find more episodes of Unknown on all the major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you're notified when we publish new episodes. Of course, you can always find this show at RoguePlanet.tv because Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. RoguePlanet.tv is your home for all the strange. And if you ever find yourself having difficulty locating unknown on a specific podcast platform, the unknown page on the website has links to most of them. If you don't see the link to your favorite place for podcasts, go ahead and reach out to me and I'll be happy to help you find the show. Big thanks to our talented friend and fellow rogue planeteer Caleb Hanks for the show's intro and outro music. Check out all his work at theclerkchronicles.com. Thanks again for hanging out with me today. I'm Jason McClellan. Do us a favor, friends. Always treat the UFO subject with the cautious and responsible skepticism it deserves. Question everything. Have the courage to form your own opinions. Keep truth as the focus of your quest, even if the truth conflicts with your opinions. And, of course, stay strange.